Thank you for watching Walking by Faith. I pray that today's message will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and stir up your faith. Today we are here in the studio with Pastors Dwayne and Jeannie to talk about marriage. If you have any questions, please send them to info at walkingbyfaith.tv. Let's get started. Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, we're so glad to be here. Okay, well, we are going to get started. The first question that we have is, how much should you be involved in helping adult children financially and with life decisions? Well, first of all, it's just proven that the more that you help a child financially, the less successful that they, they end up being in life. But there's times when they do need help and you should help them. Uh, but when it comes to our married kids, what we try to do is just give advice if they ask and try to keep our nose out of their business if they don't ask. And as a wife, I pray that they will ask. <laughs> <laughs> and a mother. I mean, sometimes you see things that your kids don't see and, and um, his, he's very, been very, very strong on that, you know, don't give advice to someone who doesn't ask for it because then they don't receive it. And so I'm one of like, how can you plant seeds of letting them know that they need advice? So sometimes I think there's a sneakier route when you see something that they desperately need counsel, you know, to pray, number one, pr really pray for them to receive the wisdom and counsel that they need to avoid um, some catastrophe or avoid something. And uh, not all decisions are like yeah. death and life like that, but. Yeah, you, you definitely don't want to give advice that they're not looking for. And when it says in Genesis 2, for them to leave their father and mother, they need to be able to make decisions without fear of any ramifications of what you're going to say or do. Yeah, I think one of the best things for us was when we left both of our parents and we moved out of the country. And and that time we didn't have a telephone, we didn't have uh, computers. computers, and a snail mail was the only way to communicate back home, but it was really good for us. We had yeah. to learn to get, like each other, <laughs> learn to love each other, <laughs> learn to get along, solve problems together, seek the Lord together. And um, it's hard as a parent now uh, with kids around, I think a lot of times like, wow, I want them to learn to trust in the Lord like we'd learned. Right. And had to, we were pushed to, wow, we gotta trust God in this situation. And it is, it's a tricky thing as a parent mm -hmm. to, just let go and and uh, let them make choices and decisions and and live with it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, what were your biggest challenges in your first ten years, and did you notice a difference after those first ten years were over? Oh yeah, yes to the last part of that. Well, question. I would definitely say marriage gets better and better and better every year. Yeah, yeah. and. The challenges, I mean, everybody has challenges. It says in 1 Corinthians, those that marry will have trouble. <laughs> so there's obviously, um, how can I say it? Before we were married, I, I was obviously single, but we were in Bible college. I'd pray three, four hours a day, study the Bible, and I just thought I was spiritual. And then we got married and I felt like I backslid. And I was like, Lord, what's wrong? You know, I think I backslid and I felt like God said, no, you're always a mess, you just didn't know it because you were living for yourself. You could do anything you wanted, when you wanted, how you wanted. And uh, when you're married, you're laying down your life for your, for your spouse 
And I think everybody has to adjust to that. Yeah, and then you come from two totally different families and sometimes cultures, um, even in the United States, we say we're in the same country, we, we're in the same culture, but no different areas um, uh, have different cultures. And I, th I felt like a lot of times that Dwayne and I were two from two different countries because of the differences in, in our family cultures. And um, so, you know, that was a, that was a lot of challenging. Adjusting. Just, you know, you grow up thinking, well, what you value is what everybody else values. Right. And at least I did. Mm -hmm. I just assumed that, you know, what was most important to me was going to be most important to my husband. And, um, you know, a lot of that was even learning between what a woman values and a man values is yeah. totally different. And, and when you get married, then you've got this um, dynamic of not just your family culture differences when you get married, but now you have male and female are now learning to be man and wife. And, and you've got a lot of different um, values. We had a lot of adventures, yeah. I w not just challenges, they were adventures because um, I love the scripture in Proverbs, I think it's 1029 says, the way of the Lord is strength to the upright. And, and I remember in the early years of our marriage and, and when I, um, I remember writing that verse down and thinking, okay, it's really hard right now, but this is of to choose God's way of handling this. You know, my flesh wants to just do it this way, but the word says to uh, be tenderhearted, be kind, forgiving. So, you know, I'm not gonna harden my heart to him. I'm gonna be tenderhearted and I'm gonna forgive him. And it says that when I do that, I'm choosing the Lord's way, so I'm getting stronger. And it's really true. It gets easier and easier and easier to choose God's way of doing it because it, that's what works out best. Mm -hmm. And uh, the more that you see, wow, that did turn out better. That was a lot better than yelling at him and, and holding a grudge for a week or whatever. You know, his, God's way really does work better. Mm -hmm. And so that's so why like it gets you're, easier you're and easier. You're saying you had to forgive me? I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one is tricky. Sex. How much is enough? Well, Ooh. why do you think you have to be married for 50, 60, 70, 80 years? <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> oh, how much is enough? I, I would say that you need to look at your spouse's needs and meet those needs whatever those needs happen to be. A man's sex drive peaks in his early 20s, where a woman's in her mid-40s. And so it's so going to change. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change. But you need to be looking to uh, meet your spouse's needs. Again, 1 Corinthians 7, I think it's in the Moffat's translation, where it says, marriage is not a place to demand your rights. Right? But it's the place where you meet each other's needs, whether in the bedroom or out. Yeah. Uh, so it just depends on your spouse and on, on you. You want to have your, your desires met and you want your spouse's uh, physical desires to be met. So how much is enough? The two of you get together and figure it out. Is there an amount that you would say is not enough? Well, again, uh, that's if, is, um, 
depends on each other's mm. needs. I think it's not enough if you're not in agreement. Yeah. And um, and I wanted to add too with the um, situations in life that you go through. There's different uh, times when you're free to have more sex, and and then there's other times when there's uh, there's not time. There's different things, children and other things that can kind of slow things down. Um, even pressures, uh, stress, things at work. There's times when, well, like um, in the early marriage, the man usually is the one that is uh, pursuing the sexual relationship, and the woman doesn't have a chance to initiate <laughs> because he's always initiating. And um, then, you know, there can come a time when he's burdened down with things and work, and it's really easy for the woman to think, oh, I get a break. Mm -hmm. And she needs to realize, oh, he's got pressures and things, and he just needs me to chase him now. Yeah. He needs me to, um, uh, yeah, be, minister to him, pursue him. Pursuing him actually honors him and ministers to him and will strengthen him to deal with whatever maybe pressures at work that he's dealing with during that time. And uh, so that's part of learning to get to know each other's, mm -hmm. uh, not just wants, but needs. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes um, we need to realize that sex was made for marriage, and so it's not just a want, but it's a need for, for marriage to uh, continue to keep coming together and um, meeting, yeah, doing doing it together because the the marriage relationship it, it does build up the marriage relationship. That's what it's made for. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's uh, good. Do you have any comments on that? Oh, I always have comments on that. <laughs> <laughs> my my famous one, right? The the Meyer. Yes. Yes, I know, you know that. When you get married, you're you're, you're Myers. You're Meyer. Meyer is our local store, right? And it's open 24 hours a day. It closes on Sunday. When you get married, you put that open sign in your window. You bet. You say, "I'm open for business," you know, mm -hmm. and for one person. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different than Meyer in that, but anyhow. Um, how should parents talk to their kids, their grandkids, about homosexuality? How would you address that issue when it comes to your kids and your grandkids? Um, in an age-appropriate way, uh, when they're ready. Um, one, of our, one of our sons actually came to us and just said, what is, what is homosexual? And we explained it to him, and he went, oh. He said, I thought that you were supposed to have sex in a hotel and if you'd had sex at home, you were a homosexual. <laughs> I, I love the way the kids' brains they, they put think. It, they put it so, together. So simple and just logical. And yeah. But uh, just when, they, when it's appropriate age-wise, when they're curious, I think it's the proper time. Uh, and not before. I remember we were going to talk to our daughter uh, about a sexual... Just about just sex in general. And she's just like, nope, nope, I don't want to know yet. I don't want to know. You know? Yeah. Okay, cool. And now I think that's it. beautiful that you can be sensitive enough. Um, the world really wants to pressure our kids. They've got to know everything and we've got to teach them all about stuff. But they're not ready for that. They don't, you know, you don't yep. 
push them to know everything about how to drive the car. When, you know, it's just like it's not their season. It's not that time yet. Um, don't. It's a, it can be a burden on them um, to have to carry around knowledge for things that they should be protected from, and um, and. Yeah, I think being open and honest, and we use the scriptures, we use the Bible to um, teach. When you go through the Bible, and uh, a lot of things just come up. I, I, I know being raised on the farm and having animals around, things happen, and you have questions, and what's going on, and oh, and, and oh, it takes a mom and a dad. Yeah, oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I remember when um, uh, da uh, one of our boys came in uh, screaming that um, the one duck was killing the other duck. And I'm like, what? And I go, oh, um, that's called mating. And um, that's so that when the mama lays duck eggs that <coughs> she can have uh, babies in the duck, in the eggs because it takes a mama and daddy. Oh, that makes sense. So I said, they're getting married. And um, so then he kept finding things that were getting married. Oh, the insects are getting married. Oh, this is getting married. Um, <laughs> and he went to school for show and tell and told him our ducks got married. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, there, it's just fun to be able to use life examples and, and. I think our society is robbing our kids of their innocence yeah. way, way, way too soon. So I think as a parent, you discern when the right time is with your child and then talk. So a follow-up question to that would be, let's say your child goes to school and hears about homosexuality or anything else related to sex. How would you address that at home if you didn't feel like they were ready? Well, sometimes well, whether they're ready or not, yeah, they get things dumped on them. Yeah, that's a ready or not, here it comes give them a, a biblical, godly perspective because they are probably not going to get that at school. If a husband and wife are both looking for a home church, would it be more fair in the marriage if the man picks the church or does it matter? Mm. <laughs> Go baby. It's definitely uh, uh, you, you do this together and I think if the one or the other is not even wanting to attend, and is happy with the other spouse going, then that person should pick a really good uh, Bible-believing church. And um, and if they're doing it together, yeah, it's gotta be together. Mm -hmm. uh, very often, we have heard um, testimonies from people who say, well, we're, we're, at, we're at Res Life Church because our kids wanna be there. Mm -hmm. And so they come along. Um, you know, and I, we've heard men, well, my wife wanted to be a part of the choir here. And so sometimes you do that in giving to each other, like, oh, you know what? This will be best for our kids. And mm -hmm. this is, this is. Yeah. But you're, you're saying it with a husband and a wife. I yeah. would say you would want the more spiritual person. Oh, that's good. Okay, that's to, good to make the choice. But at the same time, the more spiritual person may say, my spouse won't go there, but they will go over here. So I don't think it's a matter of, of husband, wife, but the more spiritual one trying to guide the other, but willing to concede. I love that. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that's a really, that's a really good answer. Okay. Mm -hmm. A plus. <laughs> I like that. 
Okay, married couples are going to disagree. What is the healthy way to disagree without destroying your spouse? Well, disagree agreeably. Yeah. First, <laughs> realize that what you're valuing is the relationship. That's the most important thing. So just go into the, the, the question or the disagreement, realizing what's the most important here is the relationship. Yeah. And it's, it's never who's right. It's always a what's right. And you just got to be willing to compromise. You got to be willing to say, okay, um, we say it like this, your, your, your spouse's dreams can only be fulfilled with you. And they may have dreams that you just do not relate to, but they're only going to be fulfilled with you. So you just, you, how do I say it? You, you suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess no better way to say it. And you say, you know, this is what you're really dreaming. This is important to you. So here we go. I think we need to realize that disagreeing is not a sin. Right. And if you think that um, you can swing both ways, you can grow up in a home that all they knew how to do was disagree. Um, and we've seen that where it's like one person can't do or say anything without the other disagreeing. It's like they, right. they think that um, tension and disagreement is just has to be in every issue of life. And that's not true. But on the other hand, um, having a disagreement is not a sin. Right. Seeing things differently is actually the way we were made. Women yeah. are going to see the other side of things. And, and so we are going to see yeah. differences. So you, we can disagree agreeably. Um, and it's one of the reasons I love reading Proverbs going through there because it gives right. so much wisdom on how to deal with disagreements for one. Uh, it's, there's lots of scriptures on about the words that come out of your mouth being pleasant words yeah. uh, and soft, gentle answer can break down the most bone-like resistance in somebody. Well, that's wisdom. So you take that to heart. He comes along and you totally disagree with him. And so instead of just nailing him and telling him how stupid it is and, and yelling at him to disagree him, you think, okay, a gentle word. So how can I say this gently? How can I package this yeah. so he can see? And I remember um, uh, in some of our growing areas where we'd, especially when we'd go out running and he'd be, I'd say things and he'd disagree. He would feel like I was um, putting him down because I disagreed with him. And I remember having that talk out running with him one time saying, hey, when I disagree with you, I'm not saying what you said was stupid, right. or I'm not disrespecting you as the leader of the home, and, but I just have a different idea. Mm -hmm. And if you listen, then I feel like, oh, I've done my part. I've shared with you what was what my perspective, and then I know you've seen both sides, and if you still think that what you know you're mm -hmm. right, then I have great confidence in going along with you right. uh, on what you decide because I know you saw the whole the whole deal. You saw my side and your side, and you made a decision. Whereas if you're just bulldozing over me and never, I'm never able to express myself. And I think that helped him understand, like, oh, okay, she's when she disagrees with me, she's not challenging me, right? Like. Yeah. Uh, she's just showing me Sharpening a different, me. a different yeah. view, and 
you know, in the, over the years in growing in our things we disagreed about, the big, one big thing was having a dog. We so disagreed. And, and then I remember where we were on, on Polk Street, running down the street and, and you know, we're both kind of thinking the same thing. And I, I'm like, I just wish I didn't want a dog like you didn't want a dog so I could just happily be in agreement with you. And he said, oh, I just wish that I wanted a dog like you wanted a dog so I could happily agree with you. But we were just both stuck in our right. same thing. And that's when, you know, I put my desire on the, flat, on the shelf and thought, God, you know, if this is a good thing for the family, you can change his mind. If not, I'll let him lead in this area. And then, nice to say, God changed his mind <laughs> shortly after that. And we got a puppy, and it blessed the family yeah. for the season that we had it. But, um, yeah, but the disagreements are to really, um, yeah, it's just normal that you'll, you're going to travel together. And just like going down the road, you get on rumble bumps. You don't live on rumble bumps. You don't have to stay on the rumble right. bumps. But neither do you have to crash in the ditch. You just... You get on some rumble bumps and, and you make the steering correction, get back on the road. Yeah. And that's life and that's in marriage too. Mm -hmm. I love, I feel like um, in the word, I think it's David who is saying, God's gentleness makes me great. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you brought up gentleness because I think that's something that when we disagree, we have to learn because our initial instinct is, what? like you were saying, you know, you think something different than I think, like we, it's a shock to our system. And so if we respond in gentleness, um, it, it makes them great. And I think if I can respond, if God's gentleness makes me great, what can my gentleness do yeah. in my marriage with, with my husband, you know? There's a lot of things that diffuse bombs. Yeah. Um, and in, in, in a relationship when you realize you're not wanting to set off grenades all the time, you're wanting to diffuse things. So if in my tiredness and my impatience, I throw something at him that really was wrong or disrespectful or, or just a challenge or, or stirring up something and he can handle it and take it and just forgive and diffuse the bomb with gentleness, like you said, it's that's what makes the relationship more fun and because at our age and stage we've diffused so many bombs it <laughs> it's They're like just, a party it's yeah, just like it's you a just party. it's fun it gets more fun what are some things you thought marriage would look like before you got married and then you got married and realized they were completely different well first <laughs> i thought she would think like me but she didn't <laughs> that we would value the same things and we didn't yeah and basically, he probably thought I would cook like his mom. And oh, I didn't. did we have stories about and that? And I thought oh, he, was, he would fix everything like my dad, and oh, he yeah. did not and does not. And she does not. <laughs> so we just, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of surprises. I, this is kind of funny. My, my mom and dad, I asked my mom, what kind of challenges did you have when you got married? Um, adjusting, what kind of problem things did you have to adjust to? And she thought and thought for a while, and then she said, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of adjusting. And my dad said it too. He said, because they, they, they both came from the same um, church, from the same farming area. I mean, they, they farmed the same. Both large families. Both large They just, they had so much thinking alike and valuing the like and wanted the same things in their family and their future alike that um, it was easier. For, they were very different, 
um, personality-wise, mm -hmm. uh, but the other things they they valued the same. So uh, people's marriages are gonna it's gonna vary how much you have adjusting to do depending on how mm -hmm. far apart you start, I guess. Yeah. How many differences you have. Yeah. What right. your expectations are. What does the Bible say about living with someone before you get married? Interesting. Uh, we just had that conversation with somebody today. Uh, is it 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? Four. Four, where it, it simply says, you know, God has called us to sanctification and not to live uh, like unbelievers do, you know, uh, sexually in a sexually immoral life. So what does the Bible say? The Bible says, do not defraud one another. So what that literally means is don't start a fire of desire in a person that uh, you're not married to. Or as I, I would say, don't preheat the oven if you're not going to cook. So as far as for single people, uh, don't do something that stirs sexual desire in the other person. Um, if two people are living together and they're not married, I mean, the Bible calls that fornication and simply says that's not pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. you know, that uh, the sexual relationship are, is for inside the confines of marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Good deal. that's easy. Right? How do you get on the same page when it comes to parenting? Ooh. Probably what united us with parenting is the Word of God. Yeah. Um, you know, we read and sought to get the instruction from, from uh, the Word, how God wants parents to parent. Yeah, we really didn't have, uh, that was not an issue with us because we were both looking to the Bible. You're saying, how does God say to do this? Mm -hmm. And let's do it that way. Mm -hmm. So I would say you need to have the same foundation of the Word, yeah. and if you're both wanting to follow the Word, you know, I, I would still say um, she was more merciful than me, <laughs> you know, when it came That's to awesome. raising the kids, but, yeah. I, And you kind of need that. It's good to have the difference where the, uh, you got one that it's going to lay the light, law down and the kids know it and yeah. the other one will give a little mercy and um, I, I, it is really good to have the two perspectives. And I remember one time Dwayne, um, uh, Stephanie came and asked for, I can't remember what it was, but asked him permission for something and uh, he said no, but he answered really quick, I mean, she, as a girl, she was wanting to explain what she wanted and why she wanted it. And, and, and she was ready to present her case in the female right. fashion. And, and he looked at her and she started this uh, asking her question and he interrupted and said, nope, and walked off into the bedroom. And I'm witnessing this and I thought, okay, um, I saw her go up to her room and I knew that her heart was really hurt and crushed and Dwayne didn't have a clue. Right. And um, so um, I went in and I just said to Dwayne, I let him know that, you know, the answer could still be no, but that 
his daughter needed to be listened to and that she would be happy with the no if she knew that he heard her heart and still chose no. She just needed to be heard and understood. And so he went upstairs and asked her to explain more and um, talk. Yeah, and it just turned out really great and it, 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 it caused um, there to not be a wound in her heart that yeah. probably could have festered for a while. So, you know, he yeah, needed me and there's times when, and when I was way too, too much talking things over with the kids and, and um, they just needed the straight down simple um, answer that he would give. So, yeah, I'm thankful for each other. Each other. And I, I love one of the things that you said right there because instead of saying, you know, I realized that Steph's heart was hurt and so I went to go talk to her. I love that you went to talk to him and, um, and help pull him into that instead of going behind his back and trying to solve the problem the way you thought without being a team. So, you know, when they say, how do you get on the same page with parenting, you know, having your spouse's back and, and honoring them and allowing them to, to change what needs to be changed. I guess it would be a temptation very often to um, either make excuses and cover for the spouse or or if you're upset at your husband and going, oh yeah, wasn't he mean to you, right. you Swoop poor in. girl, you know, Be which would have made, it wouldn't it have made me uh, anything more loving in her, right. her eyes, it would have made her, it, I would have been feeding unforgiveness and bitterness and right. to have parents do that to their children where they, mm -hmm. um, they pour fuel on situations or, or feed it rather than put the fires out. And you know, if he's the one that made the mistake, and he was the one that that had the right and responsibility to to fix it. But um, yes, oh, that we make each other better, don't yeah. we? Yeah. How do you deal with conflicts with the in-laws? Ooh. Have we had conflicts? You know, I don't know that we. Well, maybe a few. Um, again, you go back to Genesis two twenty-four. You know, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother. So the, the man and their wife, you and I, we need to be able to talk, to pray, to make decisions without fear of ramifications from in-laws. So how do you handle conflict? You honor them. You know, you have to honor always, but that does honor does not mean how we say it, submit or cave in. It just means, you know, we love you. Um, we're glad for you. However, we've decided this is what we believe God wants us to do. And you've got to get to the spot where you do that without fear, because until that point, you haven't really left. You know, there's still an apron string there. So you've got to be able to make that decision. But at the same time, you still have to honor them. Okay, I want to make a point here. I don't know if this is in the question or not, but if he would mock my mom, say, and he never did, he's, he's good, but, but say if the husband mocks the, and says, oh, you know, she's like this, and, 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 and then as, as his, his bride gets older and older and older, she becomes 
she looks more and more, and more like her mother, <laughs> and people are like, wow, you look just like your mom, then she's going to feel like you have attacked her. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's, you're going to reap some of the ugliness that you sow in, in relationships. And so if, if, you, um, if you smear each other's parents, uh, you're not going to improve your relationship with each other at all right. by doing that. And um, so, you know, your parents, they're going to be make mistakes or have flaws, but, but you need to stand uh, together and be appreciative. I think just be thankful. Be thankful for your, your in-laws and um, gently guide each other away from him if you need to. <laughs> How do you get on the same page about finances? It's a big loaded one for a last one. That is a loaded one. <laughs> but well, first, be honest with each other. Yeah. I didn't know about our finances because I didn't ask him. And because I didn't ask him, he didn't tell me. So I lived the whole first year thinking we were absolutely impoverished and, and barely getting along. And I mean, I would not spend 10 cents on a donut or a, a orange juice during break. And, and I was starving and not fixing enough food. And he was starving and not getting enough food to eat. And because I just thought, and without any communicating and, and knowing of the, the financial situation, we came to the end of our school year there at, um, and we were getting ready to, to go on the mission field. And we had this um, old white, what was it? Dodge. Fury, Dodge. Dodge, something. This old white car that the starter didn't work. So he had to park on an, um, a slant so that we could get the car rolling. And I'd push from behind, he'd push along the side, hop in, pop the clutch and come back and get me. So that's the way we went through the school year. So I assumed, you know, we're not getting that fixed. We don't have enough money to fix the car. So he's like, man, if we're gonna go to Mexico, we gotta, we've gotta have a nice vehicle. And I'm like, yeah, so this is gonna take a lot of faith. We're gonna have to believe God to, yeah. for a miracle to, to get a vehicle that we can travel in. And, and he looked at me and says, um, we'll just pay cash. Pay cash? <laughs> Where so, are we going to get it? <laughs> so when we got married, I, I gave him everything I had, which was me, a bicycle, and $100. And, um, and he never thought about telling me what he had. And it, it's, it's worked out great. He's an awesome money manager. But I just think it's kind of funny that sometimes we expect the other person to reveal. And you probably need to talk about it and ask questions. Well, it's a great, it's a great question. <laughs> it's the number one reason for divorce is financial stress and problems. So some, some couples literally fight for decades about money, yeah. but so much better to just fight for a week and sit down, the two of you, and then agree on a plan yeah. that you both agree on, because no budget will work if just the husband's in on it or just the wife is mm -hmm. behind it. It has to be both of you. but. Uh, you know, a budget is simply a plan to tell your money where it's going to go. Yeah. And so you need to sit down and plan together. This is how we're going to spend our yeah. money. And that's the way you don't fight. You just get together and you both agree and hold each other accountable. Yeah. And then your, your money does what you're wanting it to do instead of just kind of disappearing. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, great. Becca, thank thank you so much. Thank you, guys. All right. You know, perhaps you're like Solomon, who had experiences with God, but he didn't steward those experiences properly. Or you may be like Timothy, and you need to stir up the gift of God that's inside you. You've received spiritual gifts from God, but yet they've become sour, they've become stagnant. And if you're in either of those conditions right now, I want to pray for you. And Father, first of all, I pray for those that have that spiritual gift on the inside of them. And Father, in Jesus' name, right now we say, Holy Spirit, come. And we stir up that gift. Stir up the gift of God that's in them. Lord, let it become stronger. Let their anointing increase in Jesus' name. And Father, for those that have not stewarded properly a spiritual experience that they've had with you, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come and revive that experience on the inside of them. Lord, and let them steward it. Let them be thankful for what you've done. And Lord, let that experience produce fruit in their lives. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, but you may be watching today and you're simply not right with God. You're away from the Lord. You lived for God at one point, but you're not living for God today. Or you don't know where you stand with God. You just say, oh, I, I hope I'm right with God. I'm, I hope I'm on the way to heaven. You know, the Bible says this. It says, we've written these things to you that you may know that you have everlasting life. We're not supposed to die and find out if we make it to heaven. We are supposed to know. And if you don't know, you know you're away from God. You're not right with God. You want to get right. I want to ask you right now, bow your head, pray this prayer. Pray, make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. And today I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I surrender to him. And I receive the forgiveness you have for me. I thank you that I am your child, a part of your family today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that simple prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer and you are right with God. Now, I want to help you keep growing spiritually, so much so that I wrote a book full of bullet points to help you keep growing spiritually. I want to send it to you absolutely free of charge. Now, you can download it, or if you need a hard copy, let us know. Information's there on your screen, and we will send it to you. God bless you. Thanks for being with us today. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. How incredible. Just as Pastor said, we would love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book to be mailed to you or download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free. Walking by Faith is used across the globe to spread the truth that changes lives on and off the air. To partner with us financially in this great commission, go to walkingbyfaith.tv slash give. If you have questions on any topic, please send them to info at walkingbyfaith.tv. If you need someone to pray with, or if God is just doing amazing things in your life, we want to hear about it. You can contact us by phone, email, or through our app. Also, find us on your favorite social platform by searching WBF TV. Have an amazing and blessed week, and we will see you next time.